Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Namaste, yogis. This is Andrew Seeley here to welcome you to the Yoga Revealed podcast. Are you ready to break through some barriers this week with yoga marketing guru, Justin Michael Williams? Well, get ready to have your business mind enlightened. I've had the pleasure of working with Justin for the first time with Sianna Sherman as he helped her to fully streamline her business brand and take her yoga to the next level. A short while later, Justin became Yoga Journal's Business of Yoga coordinator and co-founder of the Business of Yoga Retreat. His passion for expanding conscious business through yoga is strongly aligned with his passion for sharing his authentic self. Yoga has helped me be from being a person who was alive to a person who is living their life. Today you'll learn how to earn and build a sustainable yoga business. Listen close as Justin reveals three key tips to expanding your yoga business skills to take your life to the next level. Get ready to step up and learn as Justin teaches us how to value and earn on this exciting episode of the Yoga Revealed podcast. I am absolutely ecstatic to have my brother, an absolute wise being, and a great business mind on the line today. We have the one and only Justin Michael Williams. Mm, Hello, everybody. So excited to be here today. Definitely. Happy to have you on the podcast. Happy to be sitting across from you. I said on the line and I just think about how many times we actually talk on the phone (laughs) and then it's like, ah, finally right here. In the flesh. (laughs) In the flesh. In the flesh. The best way to be. Um, So I, I usually start these podcasts with just a little bit of overview as to who you are, um, you know, where you've been, your past and where you are today. Um, so just give me a little synopsis as to who you are and what you do. Yeah. So again, my name is Justin Michael Williams. I am who I am. I love that question, right? <laughs> like, who am I? In, in the world, I guess I'm, I'm usually known as uh, the business of yoga guy. So I'm a yogi and a musician, a singer, actually. And I've um, been doing a lot of work around helping empower yogis in business for the last eight years now, which mm-hmm. is pretty crazy. 
Yeah, so. I remember the first time I met you was with Sienna Sherman, mm-hmm. and immediately we just linked up, and like it was that sense of harmony. Like you were helping her with her social media, and she was looking to have someone help her with like assisting, and bam, it was perfect timing. You were kind of transitioning at that time into the business of yoga right. and um, doing less teaching. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to pick up some of your classes at Nam Yoga and bam. Here we are. Yeah, here we are today. <laughs> both so thriving and, you know, actually birthing our true passion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. So give me a little bit about your past, about when yoga was first revealed to you. Yeah, so yoga actually, believe it or not, came to me as a New Year's resolution. Ah. It's the only New Year's resolution. Well, no, it's not the only one. I've kept several, but this was a really important one, I think. So it was random. I was in college. I was a freshman in college um, at UCLA, and I was with a friend, and he was like, why don't we try something new for New Year's? And I was like, okay. He's like, let's try yoga. Let's try doing yoga for like three months for a New Year's resolution. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, we'll go Monday, Wednesday, Friday for three months. We had a really good yoga program at UCLA. And um, I walked into my first class and was like, what is this? Like, (laughs) I just loved it so much. Like I fell right in and I've been doing it ever since. You know, I never stopped from that first class on. And even with that one teacher, I was with her for like two and a half years. Who was the teacher? You know, her name's Joan Moran. Mm-hmm. Um, and she teaches all over the place. And But primarily, she was at UCLA, like doing their entire yoga program and like in the athletic department. And it was really an amazing experience. So that's how I originally found yoga. But then it was kind of just a physical practice for me. You know, that was kind of the gateway. But yeah. What was amazing about it is as a kid, like I always wanted to do dance or gymnastics or ballet and, or, or, you know, something like that. But I actually was never allowed to. Um, Why? It, it just my family dynamics. Like I grew up in a very traditionally kind of Catholic family. So the mm-hmm. boys played, I've actually played football for 13 years. And really? Basketball and baseball. And I sucked at all of them. Um, mm. And like my sisters were in gymnastics and ballet and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I was never allowed to. Um, it just because boys didn't do that in my family. Wow. And so finding yoga, you know, was the first time that I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm in my body and like I'm mm-hmm. allowed to be, you know, moving this way and in my body. So it was a really healing experience for me in That's that way. Absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I want to learn a little bit more about why you felt so connected to yoga. Like, what was it? in particular that made you feel like yoga was your practice? I think the point actually that it really, that it changed from it being like, oh, this is something that I'm doing that feels good and is a workout. And I remember also even back then when I first started, you know, I was like 18, like feeling competitive around it because I was like good, Mm -hmm. you know, at the asana or whatever. And, uh, but then that kind of shifted. So when I was 20, Um, I did my teacher training at Exhale in Venice and I walked into the door, like had never been there before, Mm -hmm. had never even heard of Shiva Ray or Saul David Ray. Like I'd never even heard of their names. You did teacher training with Shiva Ray? I did it with, I did it with Saul. Oh my And I didn't know, I didn't know who he was. Like I walked in and 
I asked a woman who's now one of my best friends, Christy Christensen. I met her there because she was the director. And I said, hey, I'm considering doing these two teacher trainings. I heard about these teachers named Shiva and Saul. Whose training should I take? And we just looked at the calendar. And based on my schedule for class for midterms and finals, it was Saul's. Hmm. And I went in there and like was actually at first <laughs> laughing because I never even owned or like heard of what a mantra was or like mm-hmm. a mudra. And anybody who knows Saul David Ray, like he is like all heart and soul. Totally. And I was at first just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is so weird, you know? And then this was the transitional moment for me when it really became a practice. Um, we were in like a kirtan and I was standing in the back of the room just kind of looking like a little judgmental and like, what is the, what is all of this? And Saul comes up and whispers in my ear. Um, he said, here's what I want you to do. I was like, what? He was like, step into this room with both feet in instead of having one foot in the door and one foot out. And if you step in with both feet and you hate it, you can leave. And mm. I was like, okay. So I was like, tonight I'm going to go all in. Like, I'm just going to go for it. So I like went to the front. I grabbed some mala beads. I was like, I'm in. <laughs> and it that night literally transformed my entire life. Like from that day, like I had a huge, like deep spiritual awakening. I was like crying at the end of class and at the end of that kirtan. And um, it's when the heart and soul of the practice fused with the asana for me. Like when mm-hmm. I was able to make that connection, that's when that was the one thing that like made yoga my practice that was the pivot point that was like the pivot that, point that light bulb went off and you fully were immersed in the class yeah wow yeah tell me your experience of going through teacher training with Saul David Ray oh that was, it was so great um again it was just all new like I thought you know oh, I've been practicing like four or five days a week for you know two plus years which you know now in hindsight isn't that long but like <laughs> you know it felt long to me at the time and um but it was all asana like mm-hmm. just it was straight asana which there's nothing wrong with that you know but it that's what it was and Saul is probably 20% asana you know mm-hmm. and everything else and bhakti, I didn't even so bhakti yeah and I didn't even know what I didn't even know what the word bhakti meant like I had mm-hmm. no reference point for any of it so for me his training um the experience was just so transformational um and it's, it was actually in his training that birthed my business, too, as wow. well. So it, it all, I mean, it, it literally that moment in my life doing that teacher training was one of the biggest pivotal transformational moments in my entire life based on everything that was happening, like, in one. And what would you say was the main benefit that you were able to extract from that teacher training? Like, what was the change that happened? Mm-hmm. I think it's the change that continues to happen for me in yoga. It was... Um, learning to really go deep inside of my own self and know that all the answers that I need for everything are inside of myself and then getting the courage and the power through the practices to actually trust it and follow through. Mm. And for me, that's what yoga does for me in, in any form, whether it's meditation or, you know, whatever. It's it's building my inner power and learning to trust myself more. And so that was the big transformation for me. Yeah, I like what Saul had said and, you know, step two feet in, Mm -hmm. like really be committed to what you're going to do. And you can truly feel the difference when you do fully commit to what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I I see you as a person who does that uh, 110 percent. Yeah. Yeah. When you do things like you do them to the most. And that's (laughs) that's a beautiful thing. Commitment. You know, I think that's like 
one of the most important things and it's been a big topic in my life lately because <clears throat> people are always asking me how have you accomplished this? How have you accomplished that? Have you done so much when you're, you know, so young or whatever? And the answer is committing to doing it. It's like it's that's involves a lot, but you know, a lot of times people ask like how do you just commit to doing something? And I say you have to make the decision and do it before you're ready. Mm. And that's the trick. Like people think that in order to commit, you need to be ready and confident. But it's actually the opposite. Like if you wait until you're ready and confident, you'll never commit. You're already too late. You're too late. The moment is past, you know. And once we actually make the commitment, then we gain the confidence and the skills to get us to that point to be ready. And even when we fail after we commit, failure is just us learning to then get better, you know. So the commitment is in the doing. And that's, I think, one of the biggest tricks to you know, stepping forward and continuing to press forward in your life. Yeah. It's like the karma yoga, the Mm -hmm. yoga of action, like just do it Yeah, and be fully committed to it. Yeah. Like wholeheartedly. That's and and released of the outcome. Yes. You know, that's the whole thing. Non-attachment. Yeah. The business of yoga. (laughs) So I want to talk more about how you transitioned from yoga teaching into really deciding that the business of yoga was going to be your main staple. Yeah. So this goes back, I'll go back to um, my training with Saul, like this moment in my life. So I was a senior in college when I did my second half of the training. And um, at that point, I had job offers from like several advertising agencies because I was, you know, an ad major at UCLA and and just really on that track. Mm -hmm. And during his training consistently like I was feeling it inside of me it was like decline all of these offers and start your own thing and I was like really (laughs) like really you know like I have these amazing positions just lined up and it was actually to the point where when I made the decision my parents flew to LA flew to LA unannounced and were trying to have an intervention because they thought that I was having some kind of like breakdown. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they thought like this thing, this yoga thing that I'm doing is like making me really confused. Like how am I, <laughs> you know? And, but luckily, like I said, with the practice, like I was so sure, you know, mm-hmm. that this was the right path. And so I did. And and when I started originally, I was doing like marketing um, and social media primarily for like the entertainment industry. So I had clients that are the polar opposite of what I work in now. So I was working with Absolute Vodka, Range Rover, and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, Those were my clients. (laughs) And um, during that same time as I was building the business, I finished my teacher training. Mm -hmm. And honestly, to be totally honest, I never really had an intention to teach. Like I did a teacher training to deepen my practice, which I think a lot of people start there. You know, it's just like, oh, it's my place to go and, and get a deeper understanding of of yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, basically what happened is one of my friends, Kira, who I think you, yeah, you know, obviously you know Kira. Yeah, Yeah, so Kira Anastasia, she was out of town for two months and she asked me to sub her class. And at that point, my teacher training was like, two years prior to that like I wasn't teaching anywhere like oh goodness I was (laughs) like um okay like I'll try and the story the you know the short version of the story is just within those two months like I tripled the class size and I was a brand new teacher and like started to build a community you know within this short period of time in LA and then people were like how did you do that like how do you have 
50 people in the room and I've been teaching for 10 years and I can't do that, you know? And I realized that my skills in marketing and business that I was using before, you know, or at the same time that I was using in the other part of my life were what were helping drive this yoga career, quote unquote, of mine forward, even though I wasn't really trying to. So um, at that moment, that's when like the awakening started. I had a few teachers go, hey, that were friends, like, can you help me? I see what you're doing. How do you do this? And so I started putting a system to it and watching what I was doing um, around that. And then it was a over for about a year and a half i was kind of skating on it cuz i was like oh, i don't know if i really want to like fully help yogis because yogis don't have any money and i'm like helping the real housewives of beverly hills like how is this going to work and finally i just had a i was coming from a party in beverly hills like in my suit and you know coming out and i just had this mo- like i was driving on the 10 and i just had this moment that went what are you doing? Like, I'm spending all my energy, like so much time and energy helping people promote products and brands in the world that I don't even believe in. Mm -hmm. You know, I was coming from the Beverly Hills party and going to Bhakti Yogashala to a kirtan and I was changing out of my stuff and like putting mala beads and stuff on. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? You know, like this is not what I even believe in. And, um, That was the big shift for me when I said, you know what, forget the money about it. I'm going to figure this out because this community needs support. And and I know, I do know how to do this. And um, that's when it all kind of begun. Wow. Yeah. That like gives me goosebumps Mm. because I had a very similar experience in working at MindBody and just completely pulling the plug and saying, hey, you know, this is what I need to do. I need to follow my heart and my heart is yoga. And you're happier than ever now. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? And, like staying. You know, there. I get to interview amazing people like yourself and share the stories of people who have been through it, and to be able to inspire others, people who are listening all over the world, to f- truly follow their heart mm-hmm. and commit, commit fully to their passion. Yeah. And so that's uh, what I'm all about. I mean, it's all you know, business of yoga, yoga teaching, marketing, music, all of it. At the end of the day, like for me, you know. They're all just um, different paths, you know, pathways. Mm -hmm. And I think the most important thing in in my mission, you know, kind of in this world is to just help us all wake up to live our dream and our purpose. Like we all have so many gifts to share and so many of us, including myself, you know, have been in that place of being scared or fear, you know, in fear of stepping into a life that we love when it's just right there. Mm -hmm. It's like right there, you know, and it's just taking that extra step. Sometimes you need somebody to say something or to step into a yoga class where the teacher spends that extra time with you or to have a coach or a teacher or an artist or somebody who says something to you that just gives you that tiny little bit of courage that you need and that's kind of what I'm hoping like that my voice does in the world you know regardless of in what area it's happening in Mm-hmm. So I'm so grateful that you're doing this podcast because that's that's what it's all about. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. a long time coming. It was, <laughs> a, it was an idea that I have now nurtured into a beautiful little seedling. I remember when you <laughs> were telling me about the idea. That was when, like, when we first met. You remember met. when yeah. I came over your house and I was yes. just like, I have this. This is this is what I think I'm gonna do. And yeah. The, oh, we had this great conversation. We went to the beach, Acro. Yep. And you were like, hung out with Rocky. I, that exactly. Day. We hung out with Rocky. No, I think that was the second time. I don't remember, but you were like, oh, I, I'm going to do this podcast thing. I have this great idea. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. So now it's happening. Yes. Oh, amazing. 
Um, so I wanted to ask you, since yoga was revealed to you, how do you feel that it has actually changed your life? Mm. Gosh, that's like a big question. Okay. It, yoga has helped me be from being a person who was alive to a person who is living their life. And, you know, I feel like there's a difference between those things. Like, am I, am I alive? Yes, I'm breathing, you mm -hmm. know, and I'm going through. Um, versus, like, am I actually living my life? Am I the one driving this this boat, you know, am I driving this car? And that's, I think, in, in the biggest, broadest, you know, spectrum. There's so many ways that, you know, you can dive into that. But I think yoga is giving me the tools to be able to um, create a life that I love, you know, through the different dimensions of the practice and, and really know that when there's something happening in my life that I don't love, that I have the tools and the power to shift it. You know versus being a victim of the circumstance and so I think at the end of the day that's for me right now that's what I think yoga has done for me that's awesome which is big thank you yoga <laughs> <laughs> well yoga appreciates you yeah for helping out all these amazing yogis in their business sense yeah um, so I want to tap into more of your wisdom and just ask you what would you say are like the top three tips for yogis out there who are looking to build their brand and actually create a business out of the classes and the yoga that they teach. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of tips, but I'll, I'll give the ones that I think are the most important. So one of the questions and comments that I think I get the most often, and as you know, I teach in the business of yoga with my business partner, Karen. So we, we both, I can't even imagine how many times we get some version of this, but uh, teachers will come to us no matter if they've been teaching for 25 plus years or for two months. It's the same story across the spectrum. It's there's so many yoga teachers. There's so many teachers like I'm either thinking of becoming a teacher or I've been a teacher. How do I stand out? How do I make myself unique? How do I, you know, uh, stand out from the competition, quote unquote, which that word is already, mm -hmm. you know, has some problems in it. But um I think the most important thing that you can remember as somebody who's looking to be a teacher of this practice is that the only thing that can make you unique is by being 100% you. And by t being so authentically you and doing using the practice itself to help you understand who you are on a deep, deep level and then not filtering that and using all parts of you to be a teacher in the world is how you are unique and how you stand out because we're automatically different, right? By being uniquely ourselves and authentic, we're automatically different than everybody else because no one's the same. What happens to a lot of yoga teachers is they feel like they have to be a certain way to be mm -hmm. a yoga teacher, right? And it's, it's hilarious. Like I will be talking to somebody and then I'll go take their yoga class and they're talking like me. And then all of a sudden they go into class and Namaste, everybody. <laughs> you know, like they the, the, the yoga teacher voice. And I'm like, who are, who is that? <laughs> what, you know, like, what is that? Why? You know, and, and even certain things like in, in terms of the lingo that they're using are people that even like 
curse all the time and then they don't during class or that um, listen to rock music all the time and then play kirtan in class and don't listen. That's it's it's creating this dynamic mm -hmm. that is separating you from yourself. It's a dichotomy. Yeah, it's a dichotomy. And what happens is when you start conforming to what you think a yoga teacher should be or, oh, people love Sean Korn. So I'm going to try and take these elements of Sean Korn that are also like me and highlight those in myself because then people are going to like me, you know, uh, people, do, we see this all the time and it's, it seems like a reasonable thing to do, but it's actually the worst thing that you can do. Um, because when you do that, that's when you become like, quote unquote, every other yoga teacher, you know? Yeah. And when you look at the teachers that you know and look up to and admire and the ones that have big communities they are totally them. They are just 100% them. Vinny Marino is cussing and playing rock music in his class and talking about drugs and making jokes about food. Yep. You know, Sean Korn <laughs> is talking about activism. You come to a handstand class with her, she is talking about leadership and activism. Yeah. You know, everybody, Sianna Sherman, no matter what, it doesn't matter what class she's in, she's bringing in the deep spirit because that's... And, and when you talk to her, like, you know, outside of class, that's who she is. You sit down in a business meeting with her and she makes everyone hold hands in ohm, mm -hmm. you know, in a PR meeting. It's it, That's who she is. And so, um, anyway, that was a long-winded version of saying, like, you really have to bring all parts of you forward. Because that's when the people who really connect with you will be able to find you. Because if you're hiding a part of yourself that's really you, the people who, the students who are most likely to be, um, I don't wanna use the word followers, but connected with you, the students who are most likely to be connected with you, uh, they'll be blocked out because you're not shining your light you know, fully and completely. So does that make sense? That makes yeah. perfect okay. sense. I, I completely resonate with that because I, would say, you know, a lot of people ask me, like, how did you grow from this to that? Or how do you do these workshops and, like, you don't even market for them and people show up? I'm like, I just be myself. You're being you. I, I will, you know, post one thing on Instagram and hope that people show up. And I'm awful at email marketing right now. I'm learning. I'm getting there. But I think that the process is really a process of becoming more genuinely yourself. And the more genuine that you can become the more fluid that you're able to connect with people. And yep. when you can genuinely connect with people, the authenticity of yourself is what shines bright and people will come to that light. Absolutely, no, you have that totally right. And the thing is, the thing that you hit on that's also really important um, is a lot of times teachers start by focusing on the things that you were mentioning, like Instagram and email marketing and websites and photo shoots and this, that's like where uh, most teachers think they need to start when they're building their yoga business, but that's actually the worst place to start because I've, I can tell you I have built websites for some teachers that have cost over $15,000 and they have fallen flat on their face because the foundation of who they are as a teacher is not solid. So what's being communicated via email or via Instagram or via the web is totally not cohesive, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not um, communicating anything that's coming from deep within. And you can't fool this community. You know, this community knows authenticity. You can sniff it like right away, yep. you know, and that's why um, this is the place to start. Anybody who comes to me and Karen to like do work with us one-on-one -on -one or in any of our groups, we don't care how long they've been teaching. We start them with their vision 
understanding their story, understanding their values, what makes them you, and, and understanding what makes them them. And then the marketing's easy after that because you just have to be you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so let's talk about that. Yeah. Kind of the process of how you help these yogis to truly blossom into their power. Yeah, so that's a big... <laughs> we could talk for an hour and a half about that. So I'll say that I'm going to give as much as I can three right steps, now. Yeah, I'll steps. give as much as I can right now. And on our website, um, yjbusinessofyoga.com, there's free teachings for people all the time. Like we put out a free YouTube video every week. We put out, a, you know, free trainings all the time um, for you to get more. But the, um, the process is we created what's called the Yoga Business Mandala, actually. And it has four pedals. Um, with the sankalpa at the center. So sankalpa, for those of you who aren't familiar, is a Sanskrit term for your root intention. And we start there, which I've been talking about this whole time. You know, what is your intention? Who are you? Um, and then our four petals are foundation, connection, expression, and freedom. And there's a lot of things that live within those. So, you know, within the foundation element of who you are as a teacher, um, what we've learned, well, let me back up for one second. We created the system after it were so blessed that Karen and I, up until now, have worked with over 400 teachers in over 40 countries around the wow. world. Congratulations, Like individually, man. it's been it's been such a joy. Like I can't even believe saying that. Like I remember saying we've worked with 50 teachers, we've worked with, and now it's like, you know, four plus hundred people. And what we've tried to do is take what we've seen that is the most important globally, you know, for yoga teachers in certain communities, and what are the most essential things for them to run. A successful business and that's where we created this kind of four pedal system and the foundation element was everything that I was talking about what's your vision what do you want to create for yourself like teachers think that um, there is a set path that you have to go on like to be successful I have to apprentice for this many years and substitute and then teach a bajillion public classes and run all over town and then maybe do workshops and then maybe start doing a retreat and then a teacher training that's one route one route there are so many different routes. And as a yoga teacher, you're an entrepreneur. You get to create anything you want, mm -hmm. anything. Like there's so many dimensions. And so we open people up into the vision of what they want, you know, in the world and um, understanding their message. And then connection, which is the second pedal, is, is now we have the vision, we have the why, we have the purpose. How do we now turn that into a business plan? How do we connect students to your vision essentially mm -hmm. and uh that's where we start to understand like pricing you know like what are how do you value what you do and, and what you teach and what are you charging for your services and what are you doing for free you know as a seva for the community and, and how does that work and from there once we have that part set up then we go into the third pedal with this which is expression and that's the piece that most people want to start at mm -hmm. you know and for us it's not that's third you don't even get there you know um and that's now we have the whole business, we have your intention, we have your vision, we know exactly what we want to create in your life. And now it's basically about sales and marketing and websites and branding and all this kind of stuff. But in the if you take one thing from this moment, please know this about marketing um, because I've been in the marketing for years and years. Successful marketing, all that it is, is making sure that people are seeing a clear reflection of your power as a teacher. That's it. If you can clearly tell people what you do and what you have to offer clearly so that they're, what they're understanding is actually equivalent to what you do and your power, then that's marketing. That's it. You know, and the reason why people have so much trouble is because they don't know what 
they're doing. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to market and create a vision for something for other people when they're not even clear themselves. And so the marketing happens all in that phase once we have there. And then after the marketing, of course, is what we call freedom, which is when we get into things like um, contracts and negotiating and um, continuing your education as an entrepreneur. Because as a yoga teacher, if you're a full-time yoga teacher, you're an entrepreneur. And as you know, Andrew, like, you know, just before we got on here, you were watching a, you know, a training, a business training. And to be able to continue to be successful in business, we can't just train ourselves as teachers. We have to also train ourselves as business owners. Mm -hmm. And so giving people tools and and things on that to have sustained success throughout their career. So that's kind of our path. For if if for yoga teachers, and you don't even have to work with us to do that. Obviously, if you want to, you can. But um, that just if you have that in your head, knowing that that's the route, you there are many tools to do it on your own. You know, for free in that way. Definitely, Mm -hmm. I I really like the way that you fully incorporate these four different pedals, and Sankalpa is the center, like Mm -hmm. that that sense of deep rooted, true passion for what you do. I feel that you've revealed to us a wealth of information as far as the actual marketing component goes and like really like finding how to transform what you do into a business. Um, What I want to hear more about is once you get that momentum, once you find that community to serve, how do you stay motivated Mm. and how do you stay consistent to actually build and consistently grow because I see like a lot of teachers they burn out yeah they just get burnt out on you know doing the million workshops or doing the however many bhakti fests and you know (laughs) it's hard to stay relevant in a community that is consistently changing yeah no this is really important um I think the number one thing that happens to people is they don't allow themselves to evolve so that's why they get burnt out because I've so we've <laughs> I have so many clients who come to us um, and they're like, I've been teaching power yoga for 15 years and I hate power yoga. I don't even practice power yoga. Mm. I practice yin and restorative and meditation. And I can't transition because my entire following is in power yoga, you know, and it's heartbreaking, you know, when we hear this because you've gone from a place of loving this practice and creating a business and a life from something that you were just in love with, which, which is what this is all about, into being something that's a prison for you, you know? And the reason why is because people are afraid to change because they're afraid that students are gonna leave them. And what I can tell you is, yes, students will leave you, because that is the nature of this practice. This is non-attachment, you know, Mm -hmm. so we like to bring the yoga to the actual business itself. But when students leave you and you are continuing to follow your authentic self, more students are going to find you who are connected to your truth, you know? And so we cannot be afraid. It's like a a natural detox, you know, almost of, of people. And so for those of you teachers who are afraid of getting burnt out, just remember that you can continue to reinvent and change and let this business of yoga be anything your heart desires. Don't allow yourself to get boxed in by it because there are so many people that want your help and support and you can only help and support them in the most full way possible if you are coming from a place of deep inspiration. So um, when you feel that inspiration for things to move, 
you know, continue to, to flow with that and don't make decisions based on what your students want. Um, because if your students need something that you don't want to offer them, they'd be better served finding it from somebody who would be deeply inspired offering that service to them. Mm. Um, so that's, I think the big thing, and the, the other thing actually that's very tangible is collaboration. <laughs> that's huge. I mean, it's so amazing how much collaboration inspires us to continue moving and growing our audience. And, you know, you ask like, okay, let's say I started to build a little following or even a big one, and how do I keep that growing? How do I keep it moving? How do I keep it fresh? Partner and collaborate with people in this community. I just like, this is what is going to keep yoga, you know, growing and expanding constantly is us coming together in a spirit of collaboration and not falling into this competition. I truly agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. I would say that one of the best ways that I've learned and that I've progressed as a yogi in my asana practice, in my spiritual practice, and also in my community building practice is by partnering with people and listening to what they have to say and going and assisting a teacher or going and helping out someone with a workshop or even just being a fly on the wall, you know, just saying, hey, could I come to this? Could I check this out? Mm -hmm. And that sense of collaboration is what's building our community and allowing us to expand into so many other niches and and different markets because now there's yoga with music in the morning and Mm -hmm. you can go to a daybreakers fest or you can go to a wonderlust or a a, you know morning glory and go and dance your butt off in the morning and take a yoga class it's like there's so many um different avenues for yoga now that it's just really a decision as to where you want to go exactly and you can go wherever you want like you really can you know and what i love about collaboration and this is why i actually think um you know i've been talking to a lot of people for the past year or two around how the acro yoga community has just like went boom (laughs) like just exploded you know yeah people i know and and it's because that entire community is built on collaboration. The practice itself is built on collaboration. You can't do acro by yourself. Yeah. You know? And so um, this community is like just cutting through, you know, the entire world. And it's really amazing to see. And it's because it's built upon a spirit of collaboration and community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the foundation of the not just... Um, the community, but of the actual practice, you know, it's built into the system. So um, I think for many teachers, you know, we're afraid that, oh, there's so many yoga teachers around town. How am I going to get people to come to me instead of them? Or there's 10 studios on my block. I mean, we're in Santa Monica, you know, right now where I could throw a stone and probably hit five yoga studios (laughs) at at once. That's if it doesn't skip. That's if it doesn't skip. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's not about that. It's, um, it's about how do we come together? If you haven't met the yoga teachers at the studio down the street from you, if you don't know all the teachers that are in your studio and working together and even in ways that are not like big, I'm not even asking you to go host a retreat with every teacher, you know, but what about invite, let's say you want to teach something to your students that you don't actually really know how to teach, you know, or you are not the most skilled at teaching. 
Um, you can bring... I, we did this, Andrew. Oh, my God. So, like, Andrew is the master at inversions and handstands. This is a great example. And when I was still teaching asana, at this point, I was, like, not a master at inversions and handstands, and I'm still not. Um, but I really wanted my students to learn how to get upside down in, in powerful ways. And I brought Andrew into class, and he taught 15 minutes of my class. Yeah. What a collaboration, and, right? And this was at a time when I wasn't teaching any workshops or any on schedule classes and I was just blossoming into my yoga career and it was so empowering and so humbling for you to invite me into your class to allow me to teach something that I was truly passionate yeah. about. Yeah. Cause I just love handstands. I'm like, heck yeah, let's I'm do like, it. Andrew can teach this, you know, and it's better for, you want to find teachers in your community who you can connect with, you know, and who have complementary skills as you. You know, complementary meaning they're not identical, you know, but they have something to share that you may not be able to share as well as them. And you can bring these teachings to your community. Like um, I have even in the business of yoga, we bring people who teach things that we don't teach, you know, or for example, when I'm teaching, when I was teaching yoga, I had students ask me about nutrition. Like I'm not a nutritionist, but I have so many friends who are. So let's come together, you yeah. know, and what that does not only for yourself is it keeps you inspired and motivated and, and learning more and becoming a bigger part of the community, but on a business sense of things, what it does really in a practical way is it expands your audience, you know? So let's say, you know, Laura has uh, 50 students that normally come to her class and she invites me to teach 15 minutes in her class. There are 50 brand new students that I never would have been exposed to me that now know who I am and what I have to offer. And Laura's not worried about her losing them to me because they, she doesn't own them in the first place. You know what I mean? They're not her students, quote unquote, in the first place. It's they if they want to come learn something from me, they can. And Laura's brought me in there skillfully because we have something different to offer. Exactly. You know? so and if anything, they're more stoked on Laura because they're bringing someone else who's valuing, like adding value to mm -hmm. this class. And I, I think, yeah, that the mindset of competition is so limited. Yeah. And so many people get stuck in these limited perceptions of no abundance. Yeah. It's like pff, the yoga community is only getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So if anything, there's going to be more students if you open it up to share. Have you heard else. the um, Have you heard the statistics around? This was from a couple of years ago. The study that the Yoga Alliance did. No. Okay. Give them so. To me. <laughs> these numbers, do not quote me exactly on these numbers, but I know that I'm really close because I don't have them in front of me. Um, but I think they said there are 40, 25 million people practicing yoga, 45 million people who want to try yoga, who have not tried yoga yet. Okay, so there's double, you know, the amount of people who, who still want to try it and haven't yet. But check this out. This is the part that's the most interesting to me. Of the 25 million people that are that say they're actively practicing yoga, only 17% say they're practicing in a yoga studio. Mm, That's it. Wow. There's nothing. 17%. And of 25 million. So the thing um, that I think is super important to keep in mind for teachers, and this is another big takeaway, is get your mind out of the limited belief that you can only teach yoga in a studio. Because... Only 17% of the entire population of people practicing yoga are even in a studio at all. Hmm. They're in community centers. They're in churches. They're at home practicting YMCA. online. They're at YMCA. They're in schools. They're 
everywhere, you know, and these people and the 45 million people who want to practice may never in their entire lives set foot in a yoga studio. But these people want and uh, can benefit from the healing in their lives and in their communities and in their children's lives and, you know, from these practices. So step out of the studio and find places in your community where there are people who want to try yoga and see if you can offer something to them that is, you know, of course, authentic and unique to you. That's a big one. <laughs> that is a huge one. Mm -hmm. That is a huge one. And that's so beautiful that you share that with the Yoga Revealed podcast listeners because I'm sure that you guys as listeners are listening to this right now and to think that you can go online, take your iPhone and film a yoga class and post it on YouTube or post it on Facebook to the people that love you and are stoked on you and like your pictures. Like take the time to be creative. Mm -hmm. That's all it takes is be creative and really find different ways to reach your community because they want what you have to offer. Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, I think a lot of teachers will come to us and um, especially this happens a lot with our one-on-one -on -one clients because the people who we work with one-on-one -on -one tend to want to do online work. <clears throat> and uh, they'll say, but there's already so many videos of people doing yoga online. Like, who would want to watch me? You know, and that, I'll tell you right now, um, Karen does a really great teaching on this, but in her words, that's fear. You know, and the f type of fear that she says that it is is called dissuasion. So, <laughs> dissuasion. Word, and, and yeah, it's a real word too in the dictionary. So, I learned it from her. Dissuasion is the opposite of persuasion, dissuasion is the voice inside of your head that says, you're not good enough, you're too fat, you're too old, you're too skinny, you haven't been practicing long enough, who would want to hear this from you when they could hear it from Sean Korn? Who'd want to hear this from you when they can do it from Shiva Ray? That's fear coming at you disguised and ready to take your dream down, you know? And we just have to, like we said, step into that and begin to to use our practice of yoga. Like we're so lucky that we have a yoga practice because we, it's harder for us to go on unconscious to these things. You know, we're in classes where teachers are pontificating and talking about these concepts and we're able to look deeper inside of our own selves. So we know when something is coming up and it's, and it's fear. We're more likely to know than I think a person who doesn't practice yoga and doesn't have a spiritual practice even. Um, and so we have to listen to those things and then step in and go, okay, hey, fear, I hear you, and I'm driving the car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, stay in the passenger seat. I'm driving. I'm conscious. Yeah. I know where I'm going. We're going, and it's going to be hard, and I'm going to deal with barriers, and I'm going to deal with blocks, and, and I'm going to have things come up, you know, and my confidence, and um, I'm going to keep stepping through because this is how we grow. And, and by doing this, this is how you actually become the coolest teacher because you're right there in the fire with your students and showing that the life that you're living is the life that you're trying to inspire others to live which doesn't mean that you have to have it perfect it means that you have to be doing it mm -hmm. so and learning every day every day <laughs> <laughs> so this segues perfectly into my next question for you justin which is can you reveal to our listeners one of the most intense challenges that you have gone through and how you were able to overcome that challenge. Ooh, okay, you spun it on me. <laughs> well, okay, so 
about three years ago, um, my grandmother, who I was very, 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 very close to, um, she was young, 68, 68, and we were literally hiking in the mountains. She owned a nonprofit, like super healthy, super vibrant. She was complaining that her stomach was hurting. And she went to the doctors. They said it was, you know, gas. She went to the doctors. They said it was this. Then finally she got really bad and she went in and they said, you have stage four cancer. You have two months. And that was three years ago. Like I still get like this feeling in my body even, Mm -hmm. you know, telling the story and thinking about it. But um, in that moment, um, everything shifted for me, like perspective on everything and changes just because it was that real sense of like, my grandmother was like my second mother. Like I literally for my, from college until she passed away, I talked to her probably every single day on the phone like every single day she was like the call that I made walking to class you know and um she was passing away and you know cancer and it came so quick and watching that happen but what was really an amazing gift from this and and I'll get to the the teaching of that in a moment but when she found out she was going to pass in a couple of months, um, she asked me a question that actually changed my life and was my next big transition in my life that I'm living now. She said, if you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And I was like, whoa, you know, she was like, yesterday we didn't know that this was happening to me, mm-hmm. you know, and th- it could be that quick for you tomorrow. Like, so if you knew you were going to die in two months, what would you do? And without even a hesitation, I said, oh, I would drop every single thing that I'm doing and I would record an album. Music, that's what I said. And she just said, promise me that you'll do it. I said, okay. And for those of you who who don't know, the other big part of my life is like, I've always loved music. It's been pressing through me. I've always loved singing, but I've always put it on the back burner. And we all have things in our lives, you know, that that we have our art, we have our gift, we have our... Um, something that is so special and important to us that we put a lid on or that we hide because life throws crazy circumstances at us or you know we have people told us that we're not good enough or we have these different things that happen to us that shut our gifts down and I did that for years and years and years and years like I grew up in a very poor family and so for me my focus was I need to build a business and make a lot of money so I can get myself out of this living situation and get my family out of this living situation and focus on being a businessman. And I am so blessed and so grateful to say that I've done that, you know. But really, at the end of the day, when my grandma asked me that question, I said, well, I've done that at the expense of my art, you know, and my dream that I've let, like, die up until now. And so anyways, the the beauty from this is that that moment in my life, which was the darkest, I think, moment up until now in my life of her passing and, and going through that with the cancer and, and everything, turned into the greatest gift in my entire life because I just finished a few months ago recording my entire album, which comes out soon. Yeah. Or it, will probably, it might be out I'm, now by the time you listen to I'm this. I'm totally going to link to the show notes so that people oh, can listen to your album. Thank you. I'm, when I first saw the photo of the tear and I just like I felt your passion mm-hmm. like I I know how passionate you are and so I can only imagine how amazing this album is yeah it's my heart and soul and like that is to say you know I think with your initial question one of the things that I have learned that has kept me continuing to evolve and grow is you know 
a lot of times on Instagram and on Facebook, like our lives look so amazing and perfect and beautiful. And my life is amazing and beautiful and I love it. And there is so much crap that happens, you know, mm-hmm. curveballs that get thrown at you. And this is the stuff you don't see on Instagram usually from people, you know, things that like take you to your knees, the things that feel like they're going to, you know, take you down or when you're in a dark place. And the most important thing to remember for all of us, teachers, students, everybody listening is if we can shift our perspective when there are dark things that happen in our lives, when we can shift our perspective to what is the gift that this situation is trying to show me, you know, like what we're never given more than we can handle in our lives ever. It's just certain things we become a victim or we become a hero. We become a victim or we learn to grow and evolve and press into the next level of our becoming from the challenges that happen in our lives. And so that was one of my biggest challenges. And what's crazy is what's come out of it is the most beautiful thing that you know I've ever experienced in my life, which is bringing my art to life and creating an album, you know, from this. And now, you know, this year planning to go on tour and doing this whole thing as a musician, which is the next iteration of me. And a really important point here is I want you to notice that I'm not separating me as a musician from me as the business of yoga guy. Like these are all aspects of who I am. And so for the everybody listening, don't think that if you love photography or if you love food or if you love art, if you love whatever, that you have to be a yoga teacher and separately be this other thing because it's all about what is yoga union, mm-hmm. right? Bringing this all together and then you are a more full version of yourself for everyone else. Well, I don't even need to ask you the next question. What is you it? just answered Oh, it. what is it? It was, what is your definition of yoga? Ah. Well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly my point. Yeah. So, so I've actually got a better one for you because Great. you have just dropped some absolutely gorgeous knowledge on us. I want to finish this up with something actionable for our listeners. Mm. Some way that they can actually take what they've listened to and make it an experience within their life. So what are three actionable items that our listeners can take home today and do that will help them on their journey, help them to reveal a more robust, abundant yoga lifestyle as a teacher or as a yogi? Yeah, I'll give a few things for both. So the first thing that I can tell you to do um, it's very powerful and an, an actionable practice that you can do is called a schedule detox. So for three days, and it's it's hard. You're going to have so much resistance to doing this. It's actually very easy, but you're going to have a lot of resistance to it. So it will feel hard. Every For three days, write down every single thing you do all day long. And so every time you switch an activity, write it down. So just pull out your phone pull out your iPhone and pull up a note and you can do this for three days. And if you're, let's say, working on your computer and then you start text messaging somebody or talking on the phone, you'll write that. Working on a computer, 20-ish minutes. Talked on the phone, three minutes. Did this, five minutes. Made food, 20 minutes. At the end of this, three days, take a look at the amount of time you've spent during your day and see what ratio of time you're spending doing things that you love versus doing things that you just have to do. And you need to look and see how much time you're spending doing things that are taking you in the direction of your dream and your vision. 
And it doesn't mean you have to be spending six hours a day, you know, working on music or working on art or something like that. But are you spending any time, you know, in three days doing something that you love, doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that is pressing you forward into your life's mission and your life's purpose? And if there's not, which for many of us there will be, the first time I did this exercise, it was shocking. You know, I'm like, here's my vision of what I want to do. And I'm looking at my schedule and what I do during the day. And very few moments are spent, you know, actually taking action. And change happens in our lives from our habits. It's really from our habits. It's from our consistency and our habits. And so look at your day and see where you can shave off time to put in time for something that you really love. What can you sacrifice in your day for something greater from yourself? And for me, remember I used to love, like I would go out to eat breakfast every day, like almost every day. I would go to a cafe and sit and talk and da-da-da. And I was like, oh, but I don't have time to do music. Well, actually I spent an hour and 10 minutes by the time I walked there and back eating breakfast. So let me just make my own breakfast in 15 minutes and now I have, you know, a whole 55 minutes added on to work on something else. And you'll see this in your day. So this is a really good one for anybody who's trying to find the time to um, take their dreams forward. So there's one. Um, the second thing is to notice, how do I want to say this? Okay. So the second thing is to sit down and write yourself a vision. <laughs> this is major, and I'm sure you've heard this before. Um, They're incredibly powerful, and you don't even have to write a, like, a long vision or do a vision board or anything like that. My personal practice with this is every year at the beginning of the year, but you can do it anytime, um, I write down three goals for myself that year. Three goals, I put it in a little container, and I put it away, and I don't look at it for the entire year. But I remember, I t set, set three strong goals. And the reason I'm saying three is if you're working on more than three things at a time, you're spreading yourself too thin. Three things is pretty much it. Like the, the thing that they say that kills most entrepreneurial dreams is that you're working on too many things at once. That's the number one thing that takes entrepreneurs down. So pick three things that are in your goals for the year, write them down, and then those are the things that you're gonna fill your time with when you do the schedule detox, right? And, and what are you actually doing that's pressing you forward in the direction of your dreams? Um, the last thing, I'm trying to give really tangible, like no, super tangible things. super poignant. So the last thing that I'll say is um, focus on getting, commit to getting one thing done every single day, taking you towards your dream. Just one. That's all you have to commit to is one. And the reason why I say one is if you have this big laundry list of things to do, like you're like, I have to do this and this and this and this and this and this, and you know, all these things, then it's very easy for you to say, oh, well, I have so much to do, I don't have time, right? I have so many things that I have to accomplish, but I don't have time today. Can you pick one thing that's taking you forward? Commit to doing one thing a day. I will tell you this. If you tell me you don't have time to do one thing a day, taking you towards your dream, you're full of it. Mm -hmm. Totally, because you have time. We all have the same amount of time in a day. Every single person from Bill Gates to Warren Buffett right. to Oprah Winfrey to Justin Michael Williams <laughs> to Andrew Seeley, we all have 24 hours. We all have 24 hours. And what are you doing with those 24 hours? And that's what this is all about, I think, why I'm ending with this you know, specific of a thing about your time management, scheduling, because it, 
it's not hard. It's not difficult to live your dream. It's about doing it. That's really what it is. It's about doing it. What are you doing every single day that's pressing you forward towards your dream? And so if you can commit to one thing, and that one thing could even be, I'm sending an email to a teacher who I might want to collaborate with. Boom, done. You know, And even doing that one thing is going to give you the momentum and the energy to start doing more. So take action. Find the things in your schedule that are not serving you. Create some real tangible goals and visions for yourself. And then take baby steps every single day to get there. And you will notice, like me, it wasn't easy transitioning into recording an album. It took me three years. Three years, you know? And I did voice lessons three times a week. I was practicing guitar all the time. I was learning to play piano. I was taking writing classes. I was listening to music. Every single day I was doing something. And three years later, I recorded an album. I would have never even imagined that I could have gotten there, you know? But we look at the sum of all of the actions and then next thing you know, you wake up and you're living your dream. So that's those are my three tips for you guys. That was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I've done many interviews and I feel that your articulation in voicing your passion is absolutely wonderful and that is why I feel that your album is going to be breathtaking oh thank you everybody thank you Andrew thank you thank you seriously I'm really <laughs> excited to listen I'm to excited it. too it's gonna be it's, <laughs> it's, it's so good it's just so much heart and soul in it and so um, that and the business of yoga, you know, they all just come together, like I said in the beginning, is to um, help people feel their authentic selves and be empowered to share that with the world and step in. So we're all here doing that together. Awesome. So tell the Yoga Revealed listeners where they can find you. Yes, awesome. So if you are, we talked a lot about yoga business. So if you're a teacher and you're interested in um, the business of yoga, again, if you want to work with us, awesome. If not, one of our big things in our seva is we have free videos every single week, webinars, free teachings. That's on yjbusinessofyoga.com. So you can go to yjbusinessofyoga.com. And if you're interested in learning about my music or the album or even getting a free download of a song, um, it's on my website on justinmichaelwilliams.com. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much, Justin, for your knowledge, your wisdom, and your light that shines bright. Thank you for sharing to the Yoga Revealed podcast listeners. Thank you all for tuning in. Blessings indeed, and namaste. Namaste. Thank you for tuning into the Yoga Revealed podcast. You can learn more about Justin Michael Williams and his amazing business resources at yogabusinessretreat.com. Make sure to check out his new single and hear his immaculate voice at justinmichaelwilliams.com. If you learned something, share this episode and the Yoga Revealed podcast with a friend. The best way as a community that we can grow is through empowerment and encouragement. So share this episode with someone who you truly care about. Be on the lookout for the Yoga Revealed book club launching this month with special recommendations and reviews from real yogis just like you. We have a passion for expanding our knowledge and growing a conscious community with your participation. So make sure to sign up for our newsletter for exclusive behind-the-scenes footage and updates at yogarevealed.com. Namaste. Until next time, yogis, live light, shine bright.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.